3: This is Rush Hour with Danny Burke on VCN, the Sports Betting Network.
4: What's going on, people? Welcome into another edition of Rush Hour presented by Bet Rivers. I'm Danny Burke, your host. As always, live out of the Bet Rivers Sportsbook here in Des Plaines, Illinois, at the Rivers Casino. Jam-packed show tonight, middle of the week. We got Dan Leach to look forward to, host of the Detroit City Cast. Dan will be giving us his thoughts, of course, on the big Michigan game. I know he was at that game having a blast. He was going nuts, and he was hammering the Wolverines in that spot. So I'm excited to get Dan's thoughts on just really how the atmosphere was and him looking forward to the matchup against Iowa. So we'll talk about that with Dan in 15 minutes, half hour from now. Scott Spreitzer, Vegas sports analyst, will be going all over the place with us. We'll talk NFL, and if we have some time, we'll squeeze in some college football as well with Scott. I know he's been having a very profitable year, so excited to get his thoughts on the biggest games and best overall betting selections in about a half hour with Scott Spreitzer. End of the show, how about Adam Kramer? Does great work. For Bleach Report, but also here at VEASAN as a college football expert, you know we're going over all the conference championship games with Adam. That's going to be in 45 minutes. So plenty to get to tonight, but let's get things kicked off with some of my best bets. we got to squeeze them in at some point. So I've got some thoughts on the ice. I've got some thoughts on the hardwood. Let's get right to it. Let's start with some hockey. Flyers and Rangers kicking things off with Danny's Dimes. We went 1-1 last night on the ice, so looking to kind of avenge that with a couple of plays. Hopefully we could get a nice little 2-0 effort starting with the Rangers and the Flyers. This game opened minus 160 in favor of the Rangers. Flyers were catching plus 130, but big movement has gone toward the Rangers in the spot. Total open 6. That's dipped down to about 5.5. Now it's shaded to the over, minus 124, and the under is plus money at plus 105. But my interest lie with betting the Rangers in this game. They're currently on a three-game winning streak, and they've had ample time to rest. They haven't played since Friday. They're 5-1-1 one one on home ice this year. You look at this Flyers team, man, they have just been struggling as of this point. Uh, they've lost their last six games and 4-4-2 four, four and on the road this year. Not going to get any easier against this Rangers squad, especially... With the goaltender, uh, you know, forgive me if I'm mispronouncing the name, but uh, Shesterkin, the goalie for the Rangers, he's been having a phenomenal season thus far. 11-3-2 up to this point. He's going to be taking control of the net this evening. 2.22 goals against average with a 93% save percentage, and he's got one shutout this year as well. So keep that in mind with Shesterkin. Uh, Carter Hart looks like he will be opposing him for the Flyers. Now, not the best effort thus far from Carter Hart. He's 5-5-3, five, five has a 2.67 goals against average and 92% with his saves. He's also got one shutout, but he has also lost his last three outings. This is a good system play, too, as we talk about. Josh Applebaum, Beeson's betting reporter, always notes out these type of situations where it's a home team coming off a win versus a road team coming off a loss, and this fits the bill. Now, of course, you don't want to lay upwards to minus 195. I mean, if you do, you know more, more power to you. I would still, of course, you know, advocate for that. I'm not saying to lay the minus 195, but I'm not going to talk you out of it. I mean, don't go crazy. I mean, still bet your same unit if you want to do it. But I think an alternative to save us some money here and still get a decent option is to bet the win in regulation or the three-way money line selection. So if you do the win in regulation, you're getting a lot better price in this spot whereas instead of laying the minus 195 or so you're getting the regular time price of about minus 118 somewhere around that range of a lot better opportunity to bet this team so look i mean if it goes overtime yes you lose your bet but again you're saving about 70 cents somewhere around there as opposed to laying less and needing them to win in regulation and you look at Chester kim you know when he's been in the net and the rangers have won 10 out of 11 of those games where he has been victorious have finished in regular time. I mean, it hasn't gone in extra time, and hopefully that trend continues tonight. And I'm willing to take the better price to bank on that being the case. And you look at the Flyers, too. I mean, you know, they've been outscored by a 20-7 to margin, since an overtime win against Calgary on November 16th. It's just been brutal for the Flyers as of late. Now, Kevin Hayes will be back for Philadelphia, which will be big, and that's kind of why you saw the price come back a little bit on Philadelphia. But at the end of the day, I think it's a mismatch. I think you're getting a Rangers team with some rest, with some good momentum against a struggling Flyers team that needs to find their identity. I don't think tonight's going to be the night. So I did a win in regulation for the Rangers this evening against the Flyers for our first hockey play. Let's move along and talk about another spot on the ice tonight. This one's going to be a fun game, really good matchup. Pittsburgh on the road against Edmonton. The Oilers seem like an intriguing team to bet here because, look, it kind of falls into that same system with the home team coming off a win, and you know Edmonton is only minus 127 with their star-studded group and how dominant they've been at home, 8-1-0 this season. But the Penguins at plus 108 were intriguing to me. I thought, you know, I, I was kind of thinking this could be the right play to make, and I didn't end up doing it. I would lean toward the Penguins overall if you're looking to bet this game money line-wise. Because, look, you know, despite how good the Oilers have been at home this season, an interesting stat that, you know, they have just four wins in their past 19 games versus the Penguins, as incredible as that is. And especially at home, too, it, it's just so weird. I mean, Since 2006, I mean, they've won six consecutive games at Edmonton. 8-0-2 over their past 10 trips are the Penguins against the Oilers. It's a crazy stat. Every year is different, but this has been consistent year after year, and you're getting plus money with a Penguins team that's not doing too shabby and has the better goaltender in this game. Tristan Jerry's 10-4-4 this season, 1.85 goals against average. 94% 94% with the saves, 3 shutouts this year. Along with that, he's actually been playing better on road on the road. Uh, he's 5-1-2 with a 1.47 goals against average, 95% save percentage. 3 shutouts have all come on road ice. Now, Miko Koskinen, he's going to be taking the net for Edmonton, and he ain't been too shabby this year, just not as good as we've seen from Jerry. I mean, Koskinen, he's 11-2-0, 2.89 goals against average with a save percentage of 91. Playing a little bit worse at home. It's all kind of relative because he still has solid stats, but 3.12 goals against average at home. So, look, I, I do think if you're looking for this game outright, I would take the plus money with Pittsburgh. But my interests are going to lie with the total, actually, in this game. We're getting two good goaltenders here, especially with the Penguins netminder. And this total's at 6. Now, it's over, shaded that way, minus 124. The under's plus 104. But if you do a little shopping, or if you're worth, or willing to, rather, lay a little bit more of a price, I played the under 6.5 at about minus 122. These are two competitive teams who have the history we just kind of noted. I mean, Edmonton knows their struggles against Pittsburgh, but they're feeling cocky, they're feeling confident on how well they've been doing at home ice this year. So I think it's going to be a really close-played game with great defense all around. Despite both teams having a lot of solid offensive-minded players, I think the goalies are going to be the main focal point and story of this matchup that should be a fun one. So I think this contest has the makings to be a lower-scoring game A lot more closely played and just energy on every single possession. You get that in hockey regardless. But even like a premier matchup such as this one, I think the under is your best bet. And I would only play it at 6.5, willing to lay up to about minus 122 to do so. So in hockey, taking the under 6.5 for this Edmonton and Pittsburgh game. And then in the other matchup, we're going win in regulation. Minus 118 for the Rangers, taking on the Philadelphia Flyers. But let's move on to the NBA, though, before we end this segment. One more dime for tonight. Let's talk about a gross game, but I think there's a good betting opportunity with it. That's going to be at Oklahoma City. The Thunder hosting the Rockets. These teams just played each other the other night. Rockets took care of business at home in a very low-scoring game, 102-89. to But you know what? I'm betting this game over. You may think that's crazy, but... Look, the money line earned out the money, excuse me, the the money has been showing for this total going over and it's up to 216 and a half. This thing opened 211.5 and a half at Bet Rivers midday. They had the best number at about 214 and a half and that's where I snagged it. So, yeah, you know, I got the total a couple numbers better so I don't want to go crazy and tell you to hammer the 216 and a half, but I probably would play it up to about 217 would be my peak for this game. But the reason why you may be seeing a lot of the love going for the over despite the last game being lower scoring is because both of these defenses really are not that great. They're bottom half in defensive efficiency in the league and offensively, they're both top 10 in pace. And if you're someone who likes to kind of look at who's officiating the game, you have two over refs tonight. We're going to be controlling it for the most part. So if you take that into account, if you don't, whatever, just something else to maybe bode some confidence in you to bet this thing over. Now, the offenses are not the greatest. I get it, but at least they're pushing the momentum. They're slinging the rock down the court really fast and efficiently back and forth, and the defenses are bad enough that hopefully that could equal some points in this game. So as odd as it may seem, everybody sees what happened in the last game. Hammering the under. 75% of the handle is on the under, but this thing is moving up, up, and up. So I played it over 214.5. Again, the highest I would go is 217. It's still shaded to the over at 216.5 right now. At bet, Rivers. So I would still play that number, but keep an eye out for this total going over in Oklahoma City with the Thunder and the Rockets. So that's the lone play I got tonight in the NBA, betting that total over. 2.14 and a half, which still played up to 2.16 and a half. The hockey plays we had, Penguins, Oilers, under six and a half goals in that matchup. And then finally, the win in regulation with the Rangers, minus 118 in their spot, taking on the Philadelphia Flyers, who have been absolutely struggling this season, especially as of late. Good rest advantage and goalie advantage, in my opinion, for the Rangers this evening. That's going to do it for my official place for Wednesday. Stick around, though. Plenty more bets are coming in your direction. Joining us next, how about Dan Leach, host of the Detroit City Cats. I know he'll have plenty to say about the Big Ten Conference Championship game. His Lions, we got to talk about the Lions. And then furthermore, we got Adam Kramer joining us to talk some college football. And in between, Scott Spritzer hitting everything that you could want to place your money on. Stick around. Much more coming tonight. It is Rush Hour.
2: Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details.
0: With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere.
5: Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom?
1: Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time.
2: No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky.
0: Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
5: This
3: is Rush Hour on v the sports betting network.
4: If you're looking for more sports betting discussion around your local teams, Bet Rivers has you covered because Bet Rivers has launched a series of casts that are designed to tackle sports betting from the local perspective. You've got CityCasts in Chicago, Denver, Detroit, Philadelphia, Pittsburgh, Los Angeles, and New York. So subscribe to your local Citycast wherever you get your podcasts and you get hooked up five episodes a week local sports betting content. Okay, welcome back to Rush Hour here on v Sports Betting Network. And I am excited for this segment. Got a big smile on my face. It's always a pleasure to talk to a fellow CityCast host, but especially Dan Leach. He hosts the Detroit CityCast. And, I mean, man, this if you're not following him on Twitter, you're doing it wrong. At DanLeach971, biggest Michigan fan I personally know. And I know he is on cloud nine and beyond after the game this past weekend. Before we get into their matchup against Iowa, Dan, explain the whole environment at the big house, everything that happened. You were at the game. You were celebrating. Just tell us everything about your whole experience.
3: Well, first off, it's great to be here, Danny. I thought I was your favorite CityCast host. We won't, we won't get into that. Uh, I'll just <laughs> say this. You know, all the brutal, as a sports fan, whether you're a Wolverine fan, a, you know, a Yankees fan, or whatever you are, Chicago Bears fan, all the brutal losses and pain and vomit-inducing games, are all worth it for moments like Saturday. I was up there, I took a picture of myself in the stadium at six in the morning, You know, tailgating all day, scooting around on my scooter. And it was just one of those moments, Danny, I'll never forget. I mean, I hadn't stored in the field since I was much thinner and younger when I was 21 years old, in 97. I don't think it really been warranted since then. I mean, they haven't won a Big 10 in Michigan since 2004. And just to be there in that sea of maize and blue and be on the field after that game and be with some great friends before the game and. Uh, people I've been going to games with for 20, 30 years, some 40. Uh, it was a day I'll never forget. I, I said it, I think I said it, uh, you know, when we talked recently, I said, hopefully it's a day in fami, not infamy, and it was. <laughs> and uh, I'll never forget it. It was unbelievable.
4: Well, I love it, and we're happy for you, and hey, I'm still going to be rooting for you this week because I want to see you guys stomp down Iowa, but look, Dan, at the same time, it's not that I don't trust Michigan by any stretch of the imagination, especially against Iowa, but when you're looking at this game from a betting perspective, it is tough situationally. Now, you know, Iowa basically stumbling into this game, but... When you look at it with the high spread of ten and a half, I mean, Michigan gave everything they had. That was almost, you could argue, their pinnacle beating Ohio State. So is this game almost a comeback down to reality? They're like, crap, we still got to win this game too. Or does it roll enough for them to just demolish this Iowa team that has certainly had their struggles?
3: Danny, this is why you get paid the big bucks. You always ask the right questions. There are so many layers in this game. Let me just give you the first thing off here as far as the letdown factor. This Michigan team, I've been around a lot of Michigan teams, either professionally or as a fan. I've never seen a looser, more confident team, and it started with Harbaugh. He got in shape over the summer. He, you know, brings in Mike McDonald. Old McDonald has a farm to on the defense. They, they're just—they love each other. Whether it's Ojabo, whether it's Hutchinson, whether it's McNamara himself, the quarterback, K. McNamara. They're just—they're just this big, fun family. After every touchdown on Saturday, they're lifting the chairs, playing that pump it up song, and dancing on the sidelines. They did—they did jump around on the sidelines of Wisconsin. There will not be a letdown. They know what's going on. But this is, you mentioned Iowa, you know, they won four in a row, but they had those bad losses, you know, to Purdue and Wisconsin. Iowa's was a top 15 scoring and yards allowed defense in the country. So is Michigan. And Michigan's offense is so much better than Iowa's is. So, yes, this could be a closer game to start. But I don't think Michigan's going to go into this game sleepwalking, have any kind of hangover. They know the task is at hand. Yes, they had this program defining, at least for the last 20 or so years, win over Ohio State. But it's not about winning the Big Ten. It's about winning the national championship. That's what Harbaugh was brought there for. And I think when it comes down to guys like Blake Corum and Haskins, who had five touchdowns on Saturday, and the improvement of Cade McNamara, guys like Andrew Anthony, the wide receiver, Eric all the tight end, there are so many weapons on the Michigan offense. I just don't think Iowa has enough offense on their end, aside from Goodson, who's a great running back, 1,100 yards, six touchdowns, to stay in this game long enough to make it a threat. But that's why Michigan, I think, is going to come out and try to put this thing away as early as they can. And, yes, the 10-and-a-half, I don't want to say it's a gross number. It's 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 right where it should be. But I, I have Michigan winning this game. I thought the line would be 13. I have a winning by 13-17. to 17. I think they should win by double digits. I don't want to say easy. It's a Big Ten title game on a neutral field. But they should pull away in this game in the third or fourth quarter and could win by as many as 20.
4: All right, Dan. Well, what about another game where a team could win by as many as 20, and that's the Vikings taking on the Lions. Now, granted, every Minnesota game comes down to the wire, to a one-score game, and I'm sure, I can almost guarantee it's going to happen against their division opponent, uh, the Detroit Lions. Now, the spread is at 7 in favor of Minnesota on the road, Dan. Uh, that's total's at 46 half. What do you got for us for this game? I know it's gross to back your lines, but there are some bright spots in terms of covering the spread. Could this be one of them? If I can tell
3: you how much money taking the Lions money line in different situations cost me on Thanksgiving, I can't even get into it. <laughs> You're silly bears. I, I, the Lions are just such a tough team to even want to try to bet on. But the Vikings, you mentioned, they're always in these close games. San Fran kind of, I think maybe had a blueprint last week, really kind of balancing themselves offensively and really kind of combating what the Vikings do well on offense themselves with an aggressive pass rushing defense. You know, Minnesota's just six and 12, Danny, against the spread in their last 12 games. The Lions Ford won against the spread in their last five games. It's at Ford Field. Goff's back. I mean, I know DeAndre Swift might not play. He's a key factor to monitor as far as the game goes and the spread goes. But I'll tell you, seven points is a lot at home. And the Lions have covered a lot of games over the last, even with, you know, the first year now with Dan Campbell but a lot of games with Matt Patricia at home that they lost. I think the Lions continue that trend. I mean, I don't, I'm not telling people to take this game, but I'm not touching Minnesota minus seven. I think the Lions, they still want to get that first win. Minnesota's not this incredibly, you know, finesse-filled team that can, you know, run, run away and, and beat you really badly. They haven't really done that at all this year to anybody, I mean, maybe the Chargers earlier in the season. And I just think this is going to be a closer game that maybe comes down to a backdoor cover or the Lions lose by four to six or you know, later in the fourth quarter. I just I would not trust Minnesota minus seven or more on the road, and, uh, you know, the Lions had a great cover number. They're going to end up maybe 0 and one and maybe one of the best against the spread records in the NFL.
4: Dan, so on my city cast, the Chicago CityCast, I do a segment every week, and it's called Where's the Beef? And that's me giving out my beef to a player, team, coach, organization, fans, whatever it may be. Last week's beef, after the game with Detroit and Chicago, I gave my beef to Dan Campbell because it took some impressive kind of effort to get out-coached by Matt Nagy and make worse decisions than he did. You and I have talked about Campbell, all the guys have rallied around him and how he's not that bad and building a decent program there. But, my goodness, that was the worst coach game I've seen this year, and I've watched every single Bears game. That that was terrible, Dan.
3: Well, I'll tell you this. I do an approval, you know, you've got the, where the beef, where's the beef thing. I have an approval poll every week for Dan Campbell, and we started it going back after the Rams game. It was 87% approval. And then the next week it was 62. And then they lost to the Eagles and it was like 60. And then I, the latest one after the Thanksgiving Day game, it's now 30%. And listen, <laughs> I, I've said this on my show as well. We talked about this a lot, as you mentioned, throughout the year. You can't really judge a coach on one season. We're not even a full way through a full uh, his first season as a regular head coach, not an interim uh, like he was uh, earlier in his career in Miami. But he talking about boneheaded decisions, I've seen two guys in the history of the NFL call back-to-back timeouts. One was Joe Gibbs. It cost him when he came back in his second tenure with the Redskins, back when they were the Redskins. And Dan Campbell, two timeouts in a row They basically, I don't know if they would have won the game, but it definitely cost them, you know, a chance to win the game. He's going for it on seemingly every fourth down he's, playing these games in a sandbox in his backyard he's going for field goals we should be going for touchdowns touchdowns when he's going for field goals making just incredibly boneheaded decisions and the more this goes on Danny even though you got to give this guy at least a you know two years I would think the fans are falling out with him they don't believe in it they think he's kind of a clown you know how many times can you say you're gonna bite kneecaps and you know you you throw people into moats and pits of despair if you keep losing and hurting your team's ability to win games so he better get some good performances coaching-wise, now that he's calling plays for Anthony Lynn towards the end of the season, or he could be a one-and-done. I don't think it's going to happen, but, boy, trending in the awful direction right now.
4: Yeah, I mean, every Bears fan watching that game is just like, why is he not doing this or that? Why aren't you exposing X? Because the Lions probably would have had a pretty secure victory if he would have done that, but uh, your season just uh – continues to fascinate me same with the bears though uh dan really quick about like 30 seconds red wings not too shabby this year uh but the Kraken tonight they're kind of coming in hot and they're catching the money it's almost a pick them do you like your red wings tonight or are you a little bit pessimistic in this spot
3: I blew my wad on the Wings last night. I took a plus, the you know, the 2-15 against the Bruins. It's a back-to-back. Everybody does love Raymond. Lucas Raymond, Rookie of the Year candidate. He's been amazing. But I think Seattle's played some good hockey. I, I'm going to tell my people to stay away from the game. But I think there is value on Seattle tonight on the second end of a back-to-back after the Wings played so good in Boston
4: last night. Dan Leach, folks, at Dan leach 971 Great content. Dan, are you making your way down to the game this weekend, or where are you going to be watching it?
3: Danny, is that even a question? You know I'll be there on my <laughs> scooter. I'm going to St. Elmo's. I'll be all over the place on Saturday.
4: Let's go. I love it. Dan, we'll be rooting for you as always. Enjoy it, and we'll be, uh, we'll be scouting out for that Twitter feed. I know it was electric last week. Looking forward to much of the same this weekend.
3: A pleasure and honor, my man. Always, always the best time to do, my friend
4: at dan leach 971 on twitter host of the detroit city cast again five episodes a week local sports betting content man dan is one of the best in the biz just pure electricity when it comes to Detroit sports michigan high hopes will it continue this weekend dan thinks so let's see what scott spritzer has to say about that next we will be talking college football and nfl some of his best plays stick around it is rush hour
3: This is Rush Hour on Veasan, the Sports Betting
4: Network. The Veasan Holiday Offer is here and right now. When you sign up for our ninety-nine dollar mid-season football special, you'll also receive twenty dollars worth of credit to the Veasan Store. So get all of our expert sports betting analysis, insights, and data for the rest of the entire football season, plus. to buy Beeson sports betting hats, shirts, mugs, and other great gear. But you gotta hurry because it is a limited time offer, so sign up now for the perfect sports betting holiday gift. You can get that at VEASAN.com slash subscribe. That's V-E-S-I-N.com slash subscribe. Welcome back to Rush Hour on this Wednesday evening. It is VEASAN, D Sports Betting Network. I'm Danny Burke, your host. You can follow me on Twitter at burke 5 for VEASAN, on the tweets at Visa Live and our next guest at Scott Wins. That's Scott Spritzer, Vegas Sports Betting Analyst, does great work every time he comes on this show. So we're pumped to hear what he's got to say, not only about the conference championship weekend, but a couple games in the NFL. Scott, let's kick it off with the huge, really just, I don't know, a Huge betting game because I'm getting these numbers from the Bet Rivers guy, and they're saying the SEC championship game is responsible for 39% of the total college football championship weekend handle. I mean, just absolutely insane. But it's not shocking because you're getting two powerhouse teams, Georgia and Alabama, and seldom do we get Nick Saban catching points. It went up to seven briefly, but now it's settled at six and a half. Total we're seeing at 50. What are you thinking is the best route to take in terms of handicapping this matchup?
5: Like you, I'm not surprised at all that this game is getting all that action. And obviously, when you get Alabama and Nick Saban as an underdog, a lot of folks want to jump in and take that chance to be able to back them and get the victory as they hope. But, you know, you mentioned it's been a while. It's been over 2,250 days since Alabama has been an underdog. And that was back, as you know, in 2015 when they knocked off Georgia by 28 points. And this is the biggest amount of points they've received as an underdog in 13 years. So, you know, it's just crazy to see Alabama get this amount of points when you look at it from just a fan perspective and kind of I think also from a power rating perspective because you'll recall uh, that some of the books had posted a three for live betting just a couple of weeks ago Georgia three-point favorite they went up to three and a half before last week's games and have now gone as high as six and a half there's still a couple of books out there if you like Georgia at this price you can get them at six if you shop around so you know I look at this and to play devil's advocate for Alabama You know, I look at the strength of schedule and really when it comes to Auburn, I've got them playing, or excuse me, to uh, Georgia, which include Auburn in the mix last week, I've got them playing uh, four teams that were ranked 18th to 30th in power ratings, and my power ratings, that is, throughout the course of the season. The average rating of their other eight opponents was around 75th in that 75 to 80 mark, plus Charleston Southern. Alabama played Mercer, New Mexico State Southern Miss. Their other nine opponents' average rating in my power ratings was around 25th. So I look at that and I think, all right, Alabama has struggled a little bit more offensively than we've seen in the past, but they have played to me with my power ratings, a better and tougher schedule. You got the better coach, you got the better quarterback line with the tide. And that's no knock against, obviously, this Georgia coaching staff, but Saban's the best as we all know. And Bama's defense held seven of its opponents to their season low yards, season lows in yardage. So they're comparable. With Georgia, when it comes to the defensive side of the football, I think we're getting too many points here with the Alabama Crimson Tide.
4: Yeah, I, I kind of lean that way, too. Now, you know, six and a half is still a solid number. Seven would be more ideal. What, what do you say to people who suggest buying up a half point? Are you someone who will, you know, do that occasionally? Or are you comfortable just taking the six and a half or maybe waiting to see if the seven pops up as it is right now?
5: You know, I'm glad you brought that up. I mean, you might want to wait around. I, I think you know, you do not buy half a point as far as I'm concerned in football. Uh, if you go back over the last decade, the last 20 years, and get yourself a database, you'll see that uh, these teams or these point spreads are so rarely uh, come within anywhere close to the closing line over the entire slate. And so buying half a point is really wasting your money. And and that's, you know, what I've been telling people for a couple of years now. So for me, you know, I'll wait around, I'll see if I can grab seven, but. Again, six and a half, I think, is you know a little bit too high. I, I do my power ratings a week in advance, and I made Georgia four before last week's games. So the fact that I'm getting two and a half points is quite a bit of a change or a bit of a difference from the number according to my power ratings. Now, that's a big number for me, two and a half points off the spread.
4: Yeah, absolutely hard to look the opposite way of getting points with Alabama. Might have to jump on that one with you. Uh, Let's move on to this other matchup that, you know, I kind of teased this a little bit yesterday. I'm contemplating getting involved with it. Wake Forest and Pitt is a very intriguing game to me. Pitt up to a three-point favorite, and the odds are shaded that way, so you might even see a a three-and-a-half. It's minus 114 with Pitt laying three. This total is as high as 72 with these prolific offenses. Do you agree with the movement toward Pittsburgh, or do you think Wake Forest might have the shot in this game? Yeah, I
5: agree with the movement towards Pittsburgh, you know, and, and you talked about the incredible offenses for both of these teams, and I think the average person watching these two teams throughout the course of the year would be Maybe slightly surprised that Pitt is as explosive as Wake on the offensive side of the football. When you think Narduzzi, you're thinking defense first. You know they both average about 43 points per game, but Pitt actually averages about 30 yards more per game in total offense than did Wake Forest. And defensively, now you got Pitt, who's the better football team, especially when it comes to getting to the quarterback. And you know, if, if you have the schemes and the talent to pressure a QB, you can harass Wake's pass offense. We saw Clemson do it. Uh, but they have had issues a couple of times this season up front and pass blocking. So it's an advantage for Pitt. Their defensive yards per rush is night and day better than Wake's. They're about two, a little over two yards per rush better than Wake Forest in that key category. And then, of course, Pickett has been phenomenal this year for Pitt. 40 to 7 touchdown to INT ratio is his current run. And they are actually 14 and 5 straight up and against the spread. As single digit chalk with picket at quarterback. So they usually take care of business in this spot. Again, uh, a little bit uh, not too crazy about Narduzzi going up against Lawson, uh, but I have Pitt tolerated 4.7 points better uh, than Wake. So I like Pitt in this contest.
4: That's what I was looking to hear. All right, I might have to jump on Pitt officially. We are rooting for the Panthers together. What do you got for us for the Big Ten Conference Championship game? We were just talking about this matchup last segment. Iowa's catching 10-and-a-half, short total of 43-and-a-half. Look, Michigan's the better team. Nobody doubts that. But coming off their peak of a performance last week, situationally, it's tough. So does that warrant maybe taking the points with Iowa, or is Michigan still that much better in your estimation?
5: Well, I gotta be candid with you. I was really rooting for Wisconsin to face Michigan this week after Michigan beat Ohio State because I would have been all over Wisconsin in this particular matchup. Having said that, I agree with what you're saying. I mean, my power rating says Michigan 11. So we're right there. 10 and a half, 11 with a point spread. But the situation is going to be pretty tough for Michigan, I think, to reach that intensity level that we saw against the Buckeyes. I mean, they went over 3,600 days without beating Ohio State until last week, and we saw how pumped they were during the course of the game. And you know what? When you look at that game, you see Ohio State not to take too much credit away from Michigan. They shot themselves in the foot several times throughout the course of that game. And what do we know about the Iowa Hawkeyes? Extremely well coached. They don't make mistakes. They have an incredible uh, turnover ratio in their favor, and they play strong defensive football. What I saw last week out of Iowa is all you need to see out of Kirk Ferentz and his coaching staff. Opening drive for Nebraska, they throw an option at them with the quarterback Iowa hasn't seen. Uh, Nebraska goes right down the field. After that, they make the in-game adjustments. Nebraska's offense did very little after that first drive. And that just shows you how this team's uh, intelligent level allows them to make the adjustments they need to in the course of a game when they're outmanned. And they're heavily outmanned in this game, but I think Iowa's the way to go here, taking those double digits. I, I just think it's a real tough spot for the Wolverines.
4: All right, Scott, I wanted to squeeze in one NFL game before we let you go here. We got about 45 seconds. Tell us about the Chargers and the Bengals. This game got up to 3.5, now back down to 3. Is it a buy-low spot on the Chargers? Are you riding the momentum with Cincy? How are we feeling about this one?
5: Buy-low, sell-high. You hit it on the head, and buy-low means the Chargers in this one for me. I make my lines a week in advance. I made the Chargers a one-point dog before last week's games were played, so you can see I'm a couple of points away from where the point spread sits. And again, I want to... Uh, basically try to end a myth that's been out there forever. West Coast teams playing in the Eastern time zone, guess what? They actually are about a 50-50 proposition. They've actually won a little bit more over the last 30 years than they've lost. So I just wanted to dispel that myth. But again, the Chargers with the quarterback, Herbert, that can bring something to this offense that Cincinnati's going to see on defense that they didn't do last week in a very, highly emotional spot against pittsburgh i think is going to be the, the difference in the game so it's a by low spot of the chargers for me
4: yeah i dig it i mean i'm kind of thinking the same thing here too and we'll see where this line ends up but Yeah, just when you think the Chargers are catching some momentum, they go and look like the Chargers of old, but they still have a solid crew. And, look, I think you're absolutely right, getting points more so that if, you know, we took out what happened last week, we'd be having a much different conversation. So I like the approach that you have for this game in the NFL. But, Scott, unfortunately we're up against it. I know we would have plenty more to talk about, but thank you for providing some insight and some of your best plays, and we'll look forward to catching up again in the near future.
5: Appreciate it. Anytime, man, and have a good one.
4: Scott Spritzer at Scott Wins on Twitter, Vegas Sports Analyst, Professional Better, going through all the top college football games and an NFL game as well. Coming up next, we'll bring it back to college football, Adam Kramer, the college football king here at Beeson. We'll go through all those games again. We'll see if he's going to provide a different insight to it. Some of his best plays, stick around, we'll touch that next.
0: This is Rush Hour
3: on V-CEN, v the Sports Betting Network.
4: Bed River Sportsbook takes football same-game parlays to a whole other level because now you can combine same-game parlays from different games to give you even more ways to make your perfect combo. In addition to that, Bet Rivers has added more and more same game parlay props for college football matchups and just in time for the biggest games of the season. So go ahead and download the Bet Rivers app or go to BetRivers.com today to explore all the new ways you can create your ideal combo. Must be 21, gambling problem. Illinois, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Colorado, 1-800-522-4700. Michigan, 1-800-270-7117. 1-888-532-3500. In Virginia, Iowa, call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Playable in New Jersey as sugar Sugarhouse. Void where prohibited. All right, we are wrapping up a final segment here. On a Wednesday edition of Rush Hour on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network, I'm Danny Burke, your host. Thank you, as always, for being with us tonight. We're continuing the conversation for some of those biggest college football games of the year, conference championship weekend, and who better than to discuss it with than VEASAN's college football expert, Adam Kramer, at kegs and eggs on the tweets. Adam, I know we got to talk about Iowa, your boys, and we'll save that for a little bit later in the segment. But first, I got to get your thoughts on some of these other games that we really haven't touched on too much this week and tonight. Let's talk about Baylor and Oklahoma State here. This game, I'm sure, is going to get a lot more betting attention as we get closer to actual kickoff. But, you know, I'm sure everybody wants to look toward the way of Oklahoma State. But do you see value potentially with Baylor here? Because I, I'm kind of torn. I, this, is, this game has probably been the least handicapped for myself personally. So what are you thinking happens in this game?
1: Well, it, it's a really interesting game. Oklahoma State, up until the push last week, had basically won everything and been a monster against the spread since the middle of September. I thought last week played a pretty good game, obviously beating Oklahoma. It's not something they've done a lot. But it was a little sloppy, missed tackles. Um, just beaten over the top on certain catches, right? But you'll take that. If you're Oklahoma State and you win this game, you're probably in the playoff. On the flip side, it was a classic look-ahead game for Baylor versus Texas. And like That's the only thing I think I draw from that game against Texas Tech, which was really weird in 27-24, and they did not come close to covering, was a look-ahead spot. I think this is a neat grinder of a football game. I think it's close. It does feel like Baylor's got a little steam when you look at the line opening up six, six and a half now down to four-and-a-half, five-and-a-half five out there. I still think Oklahoma State's a really good team. The game we got, the original game when they played, what, 10-point outcome, it feels like we're going to get that. Low scoring, if I'm looking at this, I actually kind of like the under, 46-and-a-half. I think this is a game with a, with a lot of punting. Uh, I know everybody loves to hear that. But I'll, I'll probably stay away from the side. I just wonder Oklahoma State mentality now. Where are they? Because, again, Lynn and I think they're in.
4: Yeah, and that's what's so interesting about some of these matchups, specifically this one. And look, at the end of the day, I, you know, the one play I kind of leaned toward, like I said, didn't go too crazy with it, but I, I'm kind of with you. I think the under might be the strongest play here. So if anything, that's where I'd be leaning. 46.5 is the number we see right now, but a lot on the line in that matchup. So that'll be a fun one to get things kicked off. Then also, what about, I mean, Oregon and Utah, the night prior, Friday night, we get some Pac-12 action. This game is causing people to go crazy because you saw what Utah did a couple of weeks ago, yet this line is only three. We see the total at 58. Is Utah just the better team and will dominate once again, or do you give some, I don't know, maybe props or advantage to Oregon in round two?
1: I loved I loved Utah in their first matchup because Utah at home is just their beast, right? I mean, that's, that's what they've been. They were in that game, but we can't just look at one game and say definitively that that's the way it's going to go. There are some football games as weird as it is. They just get away from you, right? And that game got away from Oregon. They were bad. Utah was wonderful. You play this game uh, on a neutral field. I think it's a much different outcome. Oregon actually really impressed me last week, 38-29. They covered the 7.5 against Oregon State, who I, th- I think a team is actually pretty good. They lost the taste out of their mouth. I actually like the Ducks here. I, I think the Ducks are obviously much better than they've shown Ran into an avalanche. Utah's obviously really good. Running game has been really good. If, if that's, To me, that's what to watch. Line of scrimmage. Get into the football, guys speak. If Oregon can stop that rush, uh, it was a huge problem in their first game. Move the ball a little bit. Uh, yes, the public action, given what we saw just a couple of weeks ago, you can understand why it's going to be on Utah. I think
4: Oregon's much better than they showed. All right. Well, let's go back to Saturday. Look ahead to Cincinnati and Houston big game for the Bearcats here and look you know Houston's been a solid team not the toughest schedule per se and you know myself included I mean I look at this game and go how do you not think about taking the 10 and a half with Houston but I guess if you're looking on the other side of Cincinnati like they have to go out there and dominate they know what's on the line so does that give you incentive maybe to laying the 10 in the hook with Cincinnati no, I like the points here. Like, I think this is, you know, it's hard
1: to handicap the mentality of 18 to 20 year old kids, right? And that's what we're doing right now. We'll do it in the bowl season. That's why we love this sport. Dana Holgerson, does that man look like look like he cares? Like, does that man look like this, like this is gonna freak him out? The pressure is on Cincinnati. And Houston is a really game team. What's impressed me about Houston, especially the last three games, Defense has played really, really well. Now I think Cincinnati. We saw against SMU, they came around. East Carolina, I think, is a much improved team. Cincinnati has looked a lot better. They lost uh, a month straight against the spread. They covered the last two. We'll see what happens here. I think Cincinnati wins. I think Houston is up for it though. They're balanced. Dana Holgerson. I look at that man. I, I know he's not going to fear going up against Cincinnati, and he's built a really good team after losing that opening game. They've got a ton of momentum. You know, again, we're, the storyline is going to be Cincinnati, Cincinnati. Will they make the playoffs? I think that's a real obstacle, quite honestly, and I'm with you. I'm going to take the points
4: i like it all right we'll lean toward the cougars in that spot against the bearcats of cincinnati what are we thinking then for the aztecs of san diego state taking on utah state this line has been trickling up towards san diego state now a six point favorite this totals at 50. we had kenny white on at the beginning of the week and i think he said san diego state should be upwards to over a touchdown favorite here and it was only a matter of time before they got to a seven point favorite I kind of like San Diego State here, but I could see why some people maybe would be a little bit hesitant. Well, what's your feelers for this game?
1: My feelers are no matter if I bet against or for San Diego State this year, I seem to lose. Like that, It doesn't <laughs> matter the situation. I, it's, it's just been one of those years with that team. Now, Utah State is really interesting, and you go through the last, really, two months. They had to clunker against Wyoming. But outside of that, they've been pretty dominant, right? Pretty balanced. Really good offensively, defensively have been solid. These two teams I think have a pretty similar makeup. And yet San Diego State, look, I was on Boise last week, right? We're up 16 to 3. We're feeling good. They make a quarterback change and voila, all of a sudden San Diego State is cooking, and it seems like a dangerous recipe. You got the best punter on the universe. I mean, in all of football, forget about college. I'm with you. I I'm, I like San Diego State, which unquestionably means Utah State's gonna find a way to win it outright because that's how it's been when I've bet on the Aztecs this year.
4: All right, a red flag there for betting San Diego State. Just proceed with a little bit of caution, I guess. Mush. But no, I, yeah. I have those teams every single year, Adam. It's completely infuriating, but that's just how it goes sometimes. Uh, before we let you go here, we got about a minute left, Adam. Tell us your thoughts on your boys in Iowa City. They got Michigan. We keep talking about it. Unique situational spot based on how Michigan was able to finally overcome Ohio State. So with this line at 10-and-a-half, what do you like in this game?
1: I don't like Iowa. Now, the interesting part of this is just emotionally, and it sounds weird heading into a championship game, is Michigan get up right away for this. You just conquered. You slayed the dragon. You beat Ohio State. You changed the whole narrative in an instance. And it seems weird it would be a letdown. But there's a possibility. The problem with Iowa, line play. O-line, D-line, areas that Iowa's normally really good, they're not as good outside of center this year. I think Michigan's going to take advantage of that. These two teams have a similar makeup. Michigan just out-athletes Iowa at pretty much every position. And Hutchinson, to, to be quite honest, I think it's a real chance to win the Heisman. I think if he could get two or three sacks, which against Iowa's tackles is within range, I think he has a chance to win. I'm going to be watching the Hawkeyes. I love Iowa. The fact that they're in this this game is a minor miracle, but I think Michigan is just clearly a much, much better
4: team. Oh, yeah, the classic Big Ten West. This year was uh, something spectacular, to say the least. But, hey, Adam, we are up against it, my friend. Thank you for making some time. Keep up the great work with Beeson and Bleach Report. Always looking forward to it. And enjoy the games. Hopefully Iowa doesn't disappoint you too bad. And San Diego State. (laughs) Of course, it hasn't.
1: Ha- it never happens uh, with either of those teams. So why would it happen now? Now, appreciate it, man. It should be a fun weekend. I'm sure we'll uh, we'll talk soon.
4: Yes, sir, no doubt. Adam Kramer, ladies and gentlemen, at Cags and Eggs on Twitter. You can catch his work with vsin.com. slash subscribe. Always has great write ups throughout the course of this week and this week ever more so important. your handicapping ability big games a lot of interesting lines love talking about it with all our guests so appreciate everybody hopping on Appreciate all of you tuning in. If you missed it earlier, a couple plays or a few plays we had, we took the over with the Rockets and the Thunder tonight. Penguins, Oilers under 6.5. And, and then we went Rangers win in regulation for some NHL action. But that's all we got for this evening. Tomorrow, big Thursday night football game, New Orleans and Dallas. We'll have you covered with all of the prop shell, first half betting angles, all that good stuff. We'll catch up then.
0: work.